0: Good morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with her story podcast. HER is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient, and this is a self improvement, self acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead end job. In general, Unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you may be facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they used their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you because you are her heroic empowering and resilient good morning everyone thank you all for tuning in i'm super excited you know each week i have an amazing guest to share some knowledge drop some jewels and of course share her empowering story today i have with me dr tiffany zachary she's a licensed therapist and counselor dr tiffany is based in louisiana her story podcast is based in louisiana i am a louisiana native born and raised so shout out to louisiana and to the south um she has a wealth of information to share about the importance of maintaining a healthy mental state during this time and also the long-term effects of this pandemic she is an achievement and accountability coach a licensed clinical and social worker and an empowerment speaker Dr. Tiffany, welcome to Her Story Podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yes, yeah, so super excited to have you with us today and just to break through a little bit what we want to focus on. Um, you know, it's it's very important that we break the stigma of mental health within the Black community, especially amongst our Black men and boys and our youth, and specifically within the last few months, right? It, it's been a litany. Of events and experiences that have plagued our communities disproportionately, and have left left us with life changing results, and the effects of those life changing results, and even as we think about the effects of COVID nineteen, just in April, seventy percent of COVID deaths and cases were directly linked to Black folks within the state of Louisiana, when we only make up thirty two percent of the population. So there's definitely a burden of medical and hospital bills and expenses, um, deaths of our loved ones, and not being able to properly grieve because, again, as a, a black person in America, you're you're just you're taught to be strong and to focus on your means of survival and supporting your family. Um, there's a lack of unemployment resources, lack of resources for, for small business owners, and Having to shift your lifestyle to working from home, I uh, share frequently within the past few months. I've I've almost, you know, and excuse my language because we are talking about mental health. But I, I said, you know, sometimes that I've I've almost drunk, drove drove myself crazy because I had to shift from completely working at home and within these four walls, and it really, it definitely had weighed a toll on myself personally, but I am, um, a strong believer within counseling. So I do, I see counseling on a monthly basis. And, um, but the the effects of this, you know, changing to be uh, also a, a full-time nine-to-five or entrepreneur or whatever from home and also on top of parents now having to be teachers. This isn't just impacting Black folks, but all Americans, all people have felt the strain of COVID-19. So it's definitely a conversation we need to have to highlight the importance of coping mechanisms during this time. Um and even the impacts of police brutality as it's linked to communities living in poverty and the overall oppression of the black race that leads to depression and these are all conversations that we need to have as a community in hopes of moving forward so although we just have 30 minutes We're going to try to cover as much as we can, folks, and I would love to shed light on these issues. So, Dr. Tiffany, let me be quiet and let you uh, take over the show. So tell the audience, where are you from?
1: I am originally from Washington, Louisiana, but my practice is based in Lafayette, Louisiana. I've been residing here since undergraduate 2003, Um, and this is where I provide one-to-one mental health services to entrepreneurs, women in corporate America, and college students.
0: Okay, cool. So, is Washington, Louisiana, is that like a a rural area?
1: Yes, it's a. I think Washington is considered a a town. Um, and it's. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Alexandria. It's about an hour from that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely familiar with Alexandria. Um, I also do a lot of, you know, like civic engagement, voting rights and things like that. So they really they have some good folks out there in central Louisiana, Alexandria area who are doing good stuff. And I want to point that out if it was a rural town or not, because I'm originally from Napoleonville, Louisiana and Assumption Parish. So, you know, I always like to make the connection between us country girls (laughs) doing big things, you know, (laughs) Right next door to Opelousas, Louisiana.
1: So, Gotcha. Right next door. When you pass Opelousas, you're in Washington. You probably won't even
0: realize it because it's that small. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, we definitely, we have that connection, girl. Rural country, doing good things, <laughs> empowering our community. So, again, thank you for joining us. No problem. So, I want to dive into your story. Um, you know, just reading your, your bio, you have achieved a lot. You have done a lot, but what stood out to me most importantly, Dr. Tiffany, is your will to be so transparent and share your experiences and how they have shaped your life. Um, Within society, it's often that people put on this strong face, but they don't want to share those stories that almost broke them down. And it's important for us to really have these relatable conversations and exper- experiences to make a connection, to resonate certain messages within our community and help uplift and um, empower each other. So I want to focus on your story. You did mention at one time in your life, you were heavenly focused on what success really looked like to the point that it, it linked directly to your depression and anger issues. And What were some tangible steps that you took to help overcome this time within your life?
1: So, I was hyper focused on success because that was my coping mechanism, which went under the radar because I'm not doing anything that is against society's norms. I'm excelling in school. I'm not committing any crimes. You know, I'm not out here doing delinquent type behavior. So, during that time, you know, coming from a family background, I, I I would I had to do something to keep me focused and keep me alive. So I'm like, okay, school is easy. I'm going to focus on school. So throughout that, I, I would say up until my latter years. Uh, I'll be 35 in August, so I would say up until about 25 is when I really noticed it was a problem. Um, because. Again, no one ever put my coat tail because I'm always doing good. You know, I'm I'm accomplishing my goals, but I wasn't happy. Right. So I had to I sit down within myself, like you said, within African American community, we are a lot of us are spiritually based. So I had to go back to what my deceased father always instilled in me. is like, you know, when you don't have nothing else, you have God. Mm -hmm. So I had to get reconnected because I had lost that connection because my head was in my books and I was only focused on being successful. So I didn't have to go through what I went through as a child. And I didn't want, you know, those around me to have to experience those things as well. So I just wanted to grow and be better so I didn't have to experience those things. So that was my first step, getting reconnected.
0: Definitely. And I appreciate you sharing that because again, you know, the church is a a foundation within the African American community. And I was just having a conversation with one of my friends earlier today, as we were talking about just the effects of, and the the effects of society of what's going on today with the, you know, the life-changing events that happened within the past two weeks. And I said, you know, Despite everything, I always go back to my foundation and my education as well, because I did, I went to Catholic school all of my life, and it really helped me focus on my um, my Christian foundation, my Catholic foundation, and to always focus on God in times of trouble, in times of thanksgiving and praise, all of those things. So it's important that we have some type of spiritual connection to help us, you know, move forward and get through different things and also focusing back on, you know, that God is within us and we really we cannot fail as long as we have that mindset. So, um thank you for sharing that being that first step, finding that spiritual connection which is definitely needed. And um you did mention the the death of your father and uh I wanted to touch this because, you know, many have Face the death of family members um, within the past few months, everyone faced the loss of someone close of them within their, their lifetime. But um, you did connect that the death of your father led to a spiral of different events as you were pursuing your doctoral degree within your doctoral program. So I know that had to be something that was heavy for you because again, you, know, you said that you connected your success to going to school because that's what you were good at. And I can relate to that as well too. You know, sometimes we focus on going to school when we're trying to figure things out because we know that's our comfort zone. But with school, um, with the death of your father, what really ignited that flame within you to take control of your life and who helped you make those progressive changes? Because we have to talk about those who are there to help us, to provide different aid, to give us words of encouragement? Because we can't always do it on ourself or by ourselves. So how were you able to make the that change within this this time that um, you were heavenly emotional within your life?
1: So prior to losing my dad unexpectedly, my brother was murdered my senior year of high
0: school. I'm going to say we weren't
1: even two weeks in. Oh my um, God. And I, through that, my brother was killed, I think, the Friday or Saturday. I was in class on Monday. Um, again, that's my coping mechanism. Right. So when my, I lost my dad, and in between that time, I had lost some other close family members, too. In college, I lost my favorite aunt, which is my dad's sister. But with those two deaths leading up to my father, I never learned how to grieve and go through things because that, that wasn't something taught in my family. Um, it's like, you know, you go through the whole procession and, you know, the burial and things like that, but it wasn't in it, how do I grieve? So when I lost my dad, my dad was my person. He was everything to me, my support, everything. So... When I lost my dad, I literally lost it. Like, I was suicidal. Um, my depression kicked up. You know, I hadn't experienced depression or anxiety. I had some adjustments disorder with depression, but not, like, clinical depression. So I stepped out of school because my dad passed away two weeks into my Ph.D. program, my first semester. So I set out, and then uh, LSU— they told me, you know, if you don't come back the next semester, you'll have to reapply. And I'm like, I'm not doing all of that. Applying for a PhD program is some work. Right. So I ended up going back that next spring. Um, But before that, I had to get myself together. So I had got up to, like, 317 pounds. Like, couldn't wow. even, balance have been over in time on shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, I'm, like, I think I was... I graduated in 2017, so I was in late 20s, early 30s. So I ended up um, getting a therapist. Um, I ended up getting a, a psychiatrist. And then I ended up uh, having weight loss surgery to help me with, because eating became one of my coping mechanisms. Again, I'm not hurting nobody, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those things that went under the radar. So those were the things, and I had support. Um, I can say that my, my um professors were very, very supportive. I mean, as soon as they found out my father died, they reached out to me. And throughout the entire time of me getting back into school, making sure I had everything that I needed. Um, my friends were there, which my childhood friends were there um, because my dad was like their homie. Like my dad was like my friend and everything. So his his debt affected them as well. Um, my mom was a, a great support to me then because my mom and I were extremely close with me growing up. Um, I was more close. I was, I'm a daddy's girl. So right. my mom yeah. stepped into that role to be there for me. So, because at that time, I started experiencing panic attacks. I would talk about panic attacks with my clients, but I had never experienced that. And that is literally like, you feel like you're dying. Um, So my mom, being that she had some mental health issues, that was very important to me. and that's, And this is why I'm so comfortable about speaking about it, because my mom was very open about her mental health issues and my dad as well he experienced some depression after I lost my grandmother and that helped me you know it's a it's a normal conversation in our household so I didn't have any problems saying, "Mom, I'm depressed, "Mom, I'm anxious, mama, I don't want to be here anymore. I wasn't looked at like I was less than, like her and her husband and their friends, like everybody literally poured into me. Nobody stigmatized me. So that made a big difference. Even at school, everybody was like cheering me on, like you can do this, you're good. So that helped. I wasn't looked at less than Tiffany. Like I was, I, it, it, at that moment, I was more than, even though I felt less than
0: Gotcha. So I would say that you highlighting that it's important that somebody finds at least that one person to talk to, to help encourage them along the way, because it took the support of your mother, it took the support of your therapist, of your psychiatrist, of those that you were in school with to help Push you and to help you get through this phase oh. within life. So, um to those that are listening, you know, often it's it's easier said than done. But if you can find just that one person, just one person to talk to, it doesn't matter because you don't know who that person may know, and they may be able to direct you oh, to I someone hope. who can further help you. You know, someone who is um educated and it's their career and their profession to really help you and push you to get through all of this. So it's important that you did share that that you didn't just fight this battle alone. It did help um it did take the support of those around you in your circle to help you get through this episode. And That's a conversation that we really need to have around mental illness. Stop the stigma of mental illness. Stop that stigma within the black community because we all go through things and we're taught to be a resilient race and a strong race, but we are still people and we still need help and support when we're battling these mental issues or illnesses or whatever you may like to refer to it is. Um, And Back to, you know, within the Black community, us having to be strong. I know that it's uh, a stigma, especially with our Black men and boys, right? They are just, they're taught Mm -hmm. to either, either be the man in the house. They're taught not to cry. They're taught to be strong, to not show emotions. And when we look at what has been plaguing our country for 401 years, you know, It has been taught that as a black man, you have to stand strong and you cannot show any type of, um, you know, emotional or crackdown or anything, any type of emotion. So, again how were you able to navigate through the self stigma of mental health treatment? Like what were, and also like, what are those basics about different mental illnesses? Because, you know, people can say Mm -hmm. you're depressed, but what, what does that really mean? And does that relate to uh, uh, PTSD? Like what are those different Mm -hmm. mental illnesses and a breakdown so that folks can hear this and maybe it may, you know, a light bulb may click and, this may inspire them or influence them to reach out to someone to get the help that they need.
1: So like what you said about black males, I've had the honor of always having black males seek me out for therapy services. I mean, since I've been a clinician, which has been over a decade. So there are some young black men out there, even though it's stigmatized in their community or in that household, when they become adults, you know, they find, luckily they have that one person that says you know what are they sometimes you know have some it took me within themselves to say, I need some help. So I am grateful for those young men who have reached out to me and say, Dr. Zach was something not right, or oh, I'm tired of living like this. I need you to help me. And a lot of the times, it's like what you said, they have that pressure on them to not be emotional, not to show that they are having some weak moments. Because I'll tell everybody, you're not weak experience weak moments because you're not a machine. We're all human, like you said before. Even a machine needs to be cut off. Nothing runs without overheating. Um... So in regard to different diagnoses, every diagnosis has different other diagnoses that it could possibly be, like depression. There's not just depression. There's different types of depression. So when right. people say, oh, I'm depressed, I'm like, don't say that because you may not be clinically depressed. You may just have symptoms of depression. Like they have uh, adjustment disorder with depressed mood, which means, you know, within a six-month span, I've experienced depressive symptoms due to a an event. Like, for instance, like my dad passed, and that could have been an example of that because I wasn't depressed before. It wasn't until I lost my dad. Now, individuals with major depressive disorder, that's clinical depression, it doesn't matter what is going on. They're depressed. You know, they are feeling guilty, hopeless, they're agitated, crying a lot, isolated, not sleeping, or uh having difficulty falling asleep, they having issues with the appetite. It may be up, it may be down, they have lack of concentration. It's all those different things. But what separates diagnoses is the time span because for clinical depression, you have a two week span of those symptoms. It's not, oh I just had it one day now I'm depressed. No, it doesn't work like that. The same with anxiety. You have adjustment disorder with anxiety which means an event causes anxiety, or you have generalized anxiety disorder where it doesn't matter what's going on. You're anxious. You wake up worried, worried about things that may not even have happened yet. So and you said about PTSD. I have have not had much experience with PTSD when I did work in inpatient facilities. I uh, had some individuals who were in the military who experienced PTSD. And that is basically individuals who have experienced trauma and they are re experiencing those things through memories or dreams or things like that and then they have anxiety or depressive symptoms. So and then and there's other ways you can become PTSD. So like if some if you experience a murder or you uh yourself or saw someone being murdered, a lot of people just equate PTSD to like war and that's not true. It may be someone who went through Katrina. They probably, you know, experienced some PTSD or something that was extreme that caused these symptoms. Um, so it's not just the military. Um and of course there's other diagnoses out there, but those are the main ones. Depression and anxiety. It's very seldom I have individuals who have bipolar and that's something that I specialize in. I did my dissertation on bipolar disorder bipolar disorder runs rampant in my family um and that's one of those things people like oh you bipolar because you switch your moves no that's not how that works bipolar disorder is where you have a time time periods of mania which you know you're speaking rapidly you have racing thoughts you have this energy out of nowhere and then you have episodes of depression so that's how you uh, differentiate between those diagnoses but you don't know what you don't know people automatically think because you just switch your moves oh you're bipolar oh you have multiple personalities no that's not true so um that those are the main ones that i see in my practice and throughout my years not they also have you know schizophrenia where you're hearing and seeing things um you may have those individuals postpartum you know depression and anxiety that's related to pregnancy. Um. Uh, things like that so majority of the time is, is connected to an event and if it's not connected to an event it's something that just you got genetically like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia those are things that are passed down through the genes and you don't know you had it if you think about it in your family and everybody you know nobody's saying nothing right. like oh my mom's nerves bad no my mom got anxiety <laughs> right yes my mom nerves not bad
0: So that's, that's that's important that you're demystifying those facts around that, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. so... Folks tuning in, listen to the differences within the different forms of depression. The differences between um, being diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, as it connects to, like she said, it doesn't necessarily just mean you have a differences in mood swings. It doesn't mean that mama or someone within your family nerves are bad or anything. You know, we are so used to. Um, I guess, sugarcoating the different experiences that we have. We are so used to just pushing it to the side, right? Like this is something that is not that big of a deal and we're supposed to get over this. But no, she definitely broke down the different types of mental diseases or different situations, what it really means, the side effects of this. So again, that can connect to something just like The effects of you watching our Black men getting killed over and over on social media. That can connect to family members who have passed away or you even be di- being directly impacted, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, not ha- being self-sufficient and uh, financially sustainable up until this point, and COVID-19 happens, and now you may have to abruptly close down your business. So all of these things take a toll on you. So as we connect back to the effects of COVID-19, the effects of the events that have transpired throughout the throughout the um, past few months, throughout the past few years, or what have you, what are some available resources to help those get past those traumatic experiences as it relates to everything that's going on right now?
1: Definitely, if you have someone who has a mental illness like they have been diagnosed make sure that they're medication compliant. make sure that they are keeping in touch with their psychiatrist their therapist if they don't have a therapist you can get on psychology today therapy for black girls you can get on betterhelp.com there are all types of different platforms where you can find some help for this individual for individuals out there i've had some who you know are grieving because they have lost loved ones to covid not just you know their business or anything like that they actually had a debt um definitely make sure that you're doing some things for self-care taking some time away from social media i've been telling everybody like take a break from social media because if you're on there all day you've been vicariously traumatized and then you know you're you're creating issues within yourself so try to limit that if you can and make sure you have i cannot stress enough self-care self-care if you need to take a break take a break you some rest. risk yes. you know talk to somebody if it's not a therapist i know i'm I'm an advocate for therapy, but I know therapy isn't for everybody. You know, so if it's meditating, yoga, essential oils, um, exercising, taking a nap. It's okay to take a nap. It's not just for babies. You know, if you take a 10 to 30-minute nap, that that would do you fine. Make sure that you get the required amount of hours, hours of sleep that you need. Everybody doesn't need eight hours of sleep. But make sure that you're getting your risk, you know. So if you need something, ask for help with your children. I know this is a rough time. I was at home for two months with a two-year-old doing sessions virtually. Even I you. was getting yes. overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Even I was like, you know what? I'm not even about to start drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a bottle of wine. You know, that's easy things. It's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. It's easy for you to stop putting on weight because you grab chips, you grabbing this because you're stressed, you eat more candy, you're doing things that we weren't doing before because we're in an abnormal period. And a lot of people ask me, you know, doctor, what do I do? And I'm like, you know, even as healthcare professionals, we're new to this too. You know, even the insurance companies, they're trying to figure this out on a week by week basis okay what does this look like you know they're talking about a second wave of covid what does that look like you know with flu season coming upon us hurricane season things like that and then you have that ptsd coming because hurricanes in louisiana is not no so people automatically think back to katrina and Mm Gustav and things like that so you have all of these things and you know the things that's going on in the media with the police killings and uh other individuals with what they're having going on legally not just you know it's everywhere we've had that in louisiana recently so i always tell my clients and even those around me just make sure you protect your mental and emotional health you don't have to be a part of every conversation you feel how you feel and that's fine you don't have anything to prove so just protect yourself the best way that you can that's comfortable for you so if it's sniffing on lavender off Fall some lab dog if, if you need to go, go on your hammock at night. Drink your coke, whatever you like to do. My
0: mom loves Coca Cola, so that'll calm her down sometimes. You know, take the edge off,
1: whatever you need
0: to do. So, right. And I, and, and, to you. <laughs> and I support that. I definitely support that because anyone that knows me personally, I love to take my naps. Okay, so like <laughs> people already know, like when eight thirty comes, I like to just shut down. You know. comes, I turn off my phone. 8.30 at night? 8.30 at night, honey. I shut off that phone, (laughs) but that's Janae's me time, you know? That's my me time. Mm -hmm. So I may even still be working at 8.30, or I may be using that time to catch up on my shows. I may be taking my nap, but it's important for me Mm -hmm. to have that time for myself because initially Mm -hmm. when... The, you know, when the government shut down, began working from home March 12th. Again, the work that I do is focused on civic engagement, voting rights, essential workers, helping folks on the ground. So it's like the impacts of COVID-19 have weighed on me. Then the impact of our black men and boys who are being specifically talking and our black women, too, having to relive these different experiences that I can remember as a child trying to, um, you know, battle the impacts of uh, racial injustice and things like that, going to a predominantly white school in town and all of those things. It was hard for me. It was really hard for me. And I know I'm not speaking by myself. It was hard for all of us. You know, sometimes wake actually waking up um, with my my fists clenched. Right. Like, um, just waking up angry and frustrated because I felt like it was the weight on the world. I'm used to being a problem solver, and I didn't have the answers. And that's when I thought that it was really important that I set up these boundaries, again, just for myself, for self-care. And so it doesn't mean that you're weak because you take time for yourself. Like you said, sniff that lavender all, drink a little bit of your wine. Mm-hmm. Me, t- me personally, that's Hennessy. You know, you just got to do... <laughs> What you need to do to get through it to see another day. So, thank you for that and being so transparent about that. And, you know, with you being a counselor and a licensed clinical therapist, do you offer any teleservices um, online right now for those who are seeking counseling and may not necessarily want to actually go out and do that one on one counseling out in public?
1: Uh-huh. I am offering virtual sessions. I'm booked until I want to say mid July, end of July. Um, which is a good thing, and I also tell people it could be a bad thing because you know, even though I'm in part, that means that people are going through things. So I don't take light of people needing my services. Um, but there are other individuals who are offering, you know, virtual sessions as well. If you know you need an appointment right now, um, so don't. And that, and that's another thing I wanted to say. Make sure when you Seek out a therapist is someone that you relate to and that you're comfortable with. Yes. Don't just go with the first person that has an appointment because that gotta be that has to be somebody that you're willing to be vulnerable with. And a lot of us have issues with vulnerability, so if you can't be vulnerable with your therapist, like my my clients tell me in and everything, I'm their person. If that if that's not the type of relationship that you have with your therapist, you need to find another. one. So make sure so it's kind of like dating. Right. Make like, sure so we call that person you know you get your consultation and you ask questions don't just hey when's your next appointment no it has to be someone and ask it's okay to ask them you know do you have any experience working with the issues that i have because don't assume because a person is licensed that they you know they are trained in that area. They may have the basic knowledge of it. Like, for instance, I, I'm EMDR trained, which is a trauma uh, intervention. Not everyone is trained in that. Mm-hmm. So people will seek me out for those people, seek me out for grief because everybody knows, you know, Dr. Zerrick lost her dad. I need to know how she got through that. So make sure it's someone that you can relate to, not just, Oh, yes, they understand my depression, if that makes sense. Make sure that they understand your life events and where you are right now. You know, not just racially, but gender-wise, culturally, all of that
0: yes yeah and you know when uh i went through the process of uh trying to decide who my therapist was it was important to me that she was a female and a black female and you know i asked the questions i hate to say like i shopped around i shopped around and i found the person that was perfect for me but again like you said you need that because you need to be your complete total self what's the point of going to the therapist and it's
1: okay yeah, it's mm-hmm. okay if you were a black woman and you don't want a black female therapist. It's right. okay. I, I've i had therapists that weren't black. Mm-hmm. I've always had a female therapist, so don't get caught up in that either. I tell people, make, just make sure it could be a male. Make sure you're comfortable with that person. Like, you don't have to. Be within it, so, you know. It doesn't have to be the same gender. Saying, "Oh, they from Louisiana." The no, it don't have
0: to be all of it. Right. Just, Just make picking, sure that it's
1: somebody that you can open up. Not,
0: right. Right. Picking the person that's best for you, you know. It's, again, as right. I was saying, I don't want to feel as though I have to be inside of a box because what's the point of having a therapist mm-hmm. if you can't completely be yourself and be transparent? So mm-hmm. do what's best for you. Um. So I I know we can't go into full detail about this. Um, But I do want you Mm -hmm. to share your personal projects and books. You do have two books or guides that help people achieve their goals. I do want you to share with the name of those um, books and also how can people reach out to you and what is your social media handle?
1: Okay, I'll start with the social media handle. So I'm Dr. Tiffany Zachary. Um, You can find my website, drtiffanyzachary.com. I'm on Facebook as Coach Tiffany Zachary because my name was taken. Um, <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter as Dr. Tiffany Zachary. Um, I do have a ebook on Amazon. It's called Everyday Awesome: A Simple Step-by-Step Guide to Success, and it's just what the title says. It's Tw- uh, 20 chapters of information that includes your mindset, your environment, and support system so that you can reach your goals. Um, and if, when you go to my website, you can download a free ebook about eight steps to evolving your lazy. So it's basically a shorter version of the ebook um, that's on Amazon.
0: Okay. And uh, what was your other question? I'm sorry. No, you basically, you answered it. (laughs) I was trying to get those actual, you know, your books, your resources. How can people reach out to you? So you did provide your email address and what were your social media handles. So I just want to make sure that people that are listening, that they can stay connected. And especially if you were connected to Dr. Tiffany in any type of way, don't feel because, you know, you're not in central louisiana or around lafayette apelousas washington wherever that you can't reach out to her you know i like to um connect to people based on their spirit based on their genuineness you know and i really enjoyed this conversation if you enjoyed this conversation and you're just curious about furthering some type of um You know, connection with Dr. Tiffany for her services, reach out to her. As she said, she offers uh, tele-services, virtual services. She has different things available online to help you. So don't be shy in reaching out to other people because you can't have that in-person connection. You never know what conversation or what interaction can really help you. So, Dr. Tiffany, I know you are a busy uh, lady. I want to thank you so much for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you. And one thing I wanted to say, don't look at virtual sessions as a bad thing. If you can sit up there at FaceTime, you can do a virtual session. So don't get caught up in, oh, I need to be face-to-face with my therapist. I need to touch my therapist. No. Don't limit yourself right now if therapy is what you need. So I just wanted to say that because I know some people aren't doing therapy right now because they're like, oh, virtual sessions aren't for me. You don't know until you try.
0: So. Right, and and personally, I rather the virtual sessions because I can be in the comfort of my own home <laughs> with my hair wrapped in my pajamas, out on my balcony eating food, and you know, <laughs> just talking. And, but you know, for some people,
1: therapy was their time to get away from home or work. So I yeah. get it. You
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: that was my one time just to be me, to be in my car alone. So I get it. So, but you can still do that. Go get in your car and go drive to the park or go sit in the Target parking lot. You can
0: still do that, you know, right. tweak it a little bit. Just make it work. Make <laughs> it work within the times that we're faced with right now. So, um, again, yes. thank you so much, Doc. And um, listeners... Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And we, we will have to connect after this because I really enjoyed this conversation, folks. And I hope that listeners, that you were inspired in some way. And um, in closing, just always remember your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles don't last always. You are brilliant, bold and beautiful. You are her heroic empowering and resilient. So guests, again, thank you, Dr. Tiffany thank you thank you thank you you're welcome yes and audience if you are empowered uplifted motivated in any type of way please share this episode her story podcast is available on apple Podcasts, on google play on soundcloud the link to the soundcloud platform is available in my instagram bio at her story underscore podcast again this is jay jameson with her story and we are out